Bam Tram Summer Podcast and this is the last of our summer podcasts. We're back on RTHK Channel 7 AM 621 in October. We've had a great summer talking to some very lively minds in sustainable transport and today for our finale we're taking to the water. Dr. Abraham Long is a postdoc researcher from Hong Kong. He's now at Griffith University in Brisbane. He's an expert in micromobility, mobility as a service, energy transitions, and water transport. So today we're talking about ferries and Hong Kong's new water taxi. Let's connect to Brisbane and meet Abraham. So we're here with Abraham Long, who's a postdoc from Hong Kong, but he's based in Brisbane. His PhD at Griffiths University was all about car dependence and oil prices. So that's great stuff. But he's also quite passionate about ferries. So welcome, Abraham. My pleasure. Thank you, James. Okay, yeah, good to have you on board. So we're just looking at the water taxi, which launched in Hong Kong, and there are some good elements and there's some bad elements. Have you uh, have you been following the news? What what do you think about this uh, this new initiative? Yeah, um, I have been following um, the news, and I think uh, a lot. There's a lot of tension. There is um, like they uh, is about like the name, I guess. So it, they call it a water taxi. Like you would think it's like something you can like have, like you have it, and then you come to where you are. But but looks like it's more like a like a system that you go from um, Kai Tak Central and then uh, Chim Sa Choi and then uh, West Kowloon. So it's, it's like more like a linear ferry system, which is not bad. But yeah, but it definitely doesn't look like a water taxi. One one point that you raised about the linear system is quite interesting because most ferries in Hong Kong go from point to point. But talking to you, it seems that a linear system is actually more desirable. Can you just tell us about that in uh, in Brisbane, for example? Yeah, um, sure. Um, in Brisbane, uh, we do have a ferry system called the CityCat. So it's, it's running on um, catamaran boats and it's quite fast. Like they uh, they go um, they go also really high frequency and goes along the uh, Brisbane River. So it is actually acting like a public transport line. So it supplements the bus and rail service. So um, so that's why we call the linear system. It's, it's on a line, not point to point. And by the mm. way, there are twenty three terminals along uh, the city cat service. So that's why it's linear. It's wow. not so it's quite long really, and lot, there are lots of stops. Yeah, yeah. So it just literally goes along and then back. All day. Yeah, not the not. Yeah, it's like uh, they're running like a metro. Like they just go, you know, just along the route, and they're quite frequent. Like you, you don't need to look at timetable. You just hop. You just go there. Oh yeah. Like how long 15, do you have to wait? Ten to fifteen minutes. Oh. Usually it's ten to fifteen, depending yeah. on what time in the day. Right. Right. Okay. So this uh, city cat is it? Is it uh, very popular? Yeah, it's really popular. Like in morning, like you can, you know, like you get pretty packed. And I think the, uh, we also did um, like some studies here. Like we sh- we looked at uh, like there's some routes that are, you, there's a parallel bus route starting from A to B exactly the same. And we compared the boarding um, statistics, and we found that it runs a bit longer uh, on time. But people do use it. There's a slightly higher patronage. So we think why people want to go on the city cat is because like the wheels are better. You can feel the breeze. And mm. yeah, and even though the time is like there's there's a slight ty- a time penalty, and the price is the same because in Brisbane, a uh, public transport runs on a zonal system. So mm. that's why we think if this is if this in Hong Kong, like they might be attractive because you don't want to be packed in like sub in Hong Kong's MTR, it's, mm. and also COVID now, like it's open air. Like I think 
they are merits on a um, like a public health or disease prevention point of view. Yeah, and also the time. I used to live on uh, Lama Island, and and one benefit of commuting there is the the ferry. Uh, the time the journey takes is very reliable. It's always twenty five minutes. Uh, there's no sort of traffic, so to speak. Is it is it the same on the on the in the Brisbane system? Yeah, uh, it's it's um, quite well managed. Like mm. um, they do come quite uh, punctual. Like mm. of course, like um, there's a con- like there's always a concern. Like even in Hong Kong's uh, transport planning, ferries are seen as not as reliable and not as frequent, which is true. But I think people when they're using ferry, they are a bit more tolerant on that. Like they know they're on a ferry. Like you can't expect that would be exactly the same as like a underground railway or yeah. But for bus, I think you do have merits over bus because it's like, it's less um, affected by traffic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So why, why do we have, I mean, Hong Kong is built in the ocean basically. So why are our ferry services, they always seem apart from, for example, the Discovery Bay Ferry, which is quite fast and, and modern. Most of them seem quite old. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, um, I, we did, I did a, um, like a pet project research on, on that. And uh, pretty much I, I think the main reason is uh, we, we have, like in the past, Hong Kong has been a water city. Like before we got the Cross Harbour Tunnel, before we got the MTR crossing the harbour, ferries were the only way to travel. And that time ferries were maybe not third cars because everyone got to use it. People are captive to use ferry. But when you build more and more bridges, more and more tunnels, then ferries do get kind of demoted. But uh, Discovery Bay is a different um, scenario. I think, uh, as you might know, um, taxis are not allowed to go into Discovery Bay. And I think they do control um, like parking and so on. Like So Discovery Bay is a kind of a interesting scenario like you it's made to make ferry is the only way or the best way to travel so and and they do offer like a high speed and you know pretty good ferries first class in some sense so mm. i would say this is more like a ferry oriented development thought so that's why they are first class but other places they because they do compete with other um, transport uh, offerings and also the government sees ferries become like a like an ancillary or more supportive role more mm. tourism thing people are not concerned about time so and, and Hong Kong don't run on um, transport subsidies. Like uh, other places, I would say Brisbane, the ferries do get subsidized by the government yeah. and because they see it's an essential service. So I think there's some, I think these are the reasons why Hong Kong's ferry end up like this. Yeah. Well, uh, the Discovery Bay Ferry is also expensive. I don't know the exact price now, but it's 40 or $50. It is. Yeah. I would um, say um, mm. the people who live there are quite well off, you know, mm. expats, middle class, and, be, and yeah, the high end of the mid- middle class, really. So the people yeah. they are could afford to play and are willing to pay because they go all the way to straight to central and it's really fast. Like, I don't think you can have a... Like, if, if, you, if there's a bus on Discovery Bay, I don't think that could compete, really. So, yeah. No, it would take hours in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay, so, there's, so that's something positive. So perhaps that's a model to look at rather than uh, it being an exclusive thing. Perhaps other, other areas could look at having a sort of DB model where ferry is uh, the primary transport. But then we do have Lama Island where literally the only way to get onto Lama is by ferry or kaito or speedboat. Uh, and yet that ferry doesn't seem to be as well run. Um, I would say it's a, it's a different island island like or like a different um community so lamb is more like um you know i think the walks of life they are 
kind of different. So, mm. and, and I think uh, the Lama service do get subsidized by government. Don't get it wrong. The government do subsidize Hong Kong's ferry. But I think it's more like uh, treating public transport as a social service, as a safety net. So if they don't do that, people in Lama will be totally isolated. Yeah. So, but I, and I think when you have these kind of subsidies, then I think like more like a minimum service. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what, what do you think in your research, what do you think are the keys to making ferries more viable as regular commuting um, vehicles rather than just for those outlying islands? I think ferries do have a lot of potential in Hong Kong. Um, just now, they, I think the government tends to prioritize railway and then buses, and then at the end, ferry. And so um, I think a lot of the cases, I think where they place the piers, uh, like an afterthought, they just put it on a place that is well, after everything has been planned. There's no, I, I, just my feeling, there's mm. no forward planning for ferries. I, I, and there's a lot of forward planning for um, railways. Like, you know, when they build a railway, then you have a, they also in Hong Kong, one thing is pretty good we, in Australia, we want to learn is the rail plus property model or we call mm. value capture. So you build a station with um, apartments on top, then you can use, you can sell those apartments to fund the railway. But in ferry, it seems like only discovery base kind of like that other communities like you they don't use the um say the property values to fund uh transport so that's another reason why lemma's ferries are kind of third class because um like I, but i guess in lemma that your, your house value doesn't go that high as well so this kind of so yeah just one thing is the forward planning is lacking in hong kong lama obviously has the capacity issue as well it can't build a high-rise apartment so uh maybe if yeah. it could then that model would would work, although it would destroy the community, obviously. Yeah, so it may not, yeah. like, in Lama, it's kind of different. I think Lama is a different electorate, a different, con- uh, like, different community yeah. there. So it would be, yeah, I don't, I don't think that would happen. And not sure it's a good thing if, if Lama get gentrified, I mean, yeah. get further gentrified than <laughs> yes, yes. move high rises. So, I, yeah, but I, but, the, I, but one thing for sure is that I think um, they are very, like, a transport could be improved to make people's life better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing I've often wondered uh, from London, I used to live in London, is why the river, you know, the Thames isn't used more for apartment um, development. So you could actually build apartment blocks, you know, way up the Thames and have a high-speed ferry, um, you know, taking people back and forth. I always thought that would be a great model, but it, we, we've never seen that. Is that do, do we see that anywhere in the world? Uh, I think in New York, there are cases of the uh, fraud. And I think San Francisco, um, there is, uh, there are communities, um, other side of, um, the city that, uh, there are high speed ferries to connect them. So the, the, the DB model is not unique, mm. but the, the Hong Kong one is, um, you know, quite successful. But another thing is like the linear system would like, would be like, if you treat it like in the, like the Brisbane case, like they are quite well off, um, up, uh, like, um, communities along the city cat route and and the city cat is making that happen so i think those people living there like do you know they enjoy the benefits without like the db like things kind of middle on the road yeah, yeah but but the city cats do serve as a, like a bigger catchment if you look at the map so like someone like there's a university at the one end and then there's a north north shore and one another end and at that end got some high rises there's only quite um City, like city cat is the only way to make it uh, viable so yeah so like but you make it linear then you activate the whole you know the corridor not just one point yeah how did that come about then how did city cat develop there was a paper about it so i can't recall the specific but there was a mayor who feels that like there's an like we got original like was more point-to-point system like um the little ferries 
they're like, like a bridge replacement. They want to build bridges along the river, but you know, but they're only so limited bridges. So mm. they use ferries to connect it. Then, then somehow they they were thinking about like why don't we connect them with high speed better ferries and mm. they they keep the point to point connections but it's all connected in one line and that's how it came about. All right. So do you think that something like that could be could develop in Hong Kong? Well, uh, interesting question. So I think yeah, I think the main issue is like like we do want to see Star Ferry remain like it is a iconic service. When people come to Hong Kong, they it's like a must do thing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so like I think if if we need to do that in Hong Kong, I think you need to um negotiate through like to make sure it doesn't endanger Star Ferry's like position. Maybe like I would say logically, if Star Ferry is also the same company that runs this, then that would be and you know, that doesn't affect the bottom line. I would say, but I don't know. Like like sometimes transport can could get political. So like like you, they need to find a way out to make sure that like the um, existing services won't be worse off. But then you know uh, you get uh, more connections. And I do think Star Ferry did have more connections, say Hong Kong to Wan Chai mm. or the likes. So like, why don't you just connect them in a line instead of just servicing point to point? So, but but again, Hong Kong got one issue is um the harbor is more busy than ours in uh, Brisbane River. Mm. Like in Brisbane River, the city cat is the pretty much the only thing apart from the recreational vessels. Right. So in Hong Kong, you got a you got um ocean going container vessels, you got recreational ships, yachts. Yep. Or the like. So Hong Kong Harbor is a lot more busy, so it can't go that high speed. Yeah. So that would be another challenge that um, maybe the transport authorities could think of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the, the ocean-going vessels don't come into Victoria Harbor. Uh, so. Some do. So, right. yeah. But of course, most of the really big ones, they won't. Yeah, you're yeah, right. So, yeah. But the yeah, cruise but they, ships do. and the uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a more mixed traffic in Hong Kong, in the, yeah. the, I mean, the harbor. And so it's, it's a wider thing than the Brisbane River do. But although we joke in Hong Kong uh, because of the reclamation, like Victoria yeah. Harbor becoming more like Victoria River. But still, yeah. it's not a river. It's still a harbor. So, yeah. When they did the reclamation in Central, I mean, I, I, I always wondered why they didn't put a, a canal in to connect the uh, the central district to the to the ferries is that something that's completely is that viable even do you think um, i think hong kong when they do the central reclamation i think creating new land in a busy financial district is a is the most important objective so i think mm. you put a canal then means like less land to be sold you know hong kong <laughs> government do quite dependent on land sales so i think that's that's the reason why but um, i don't i don't know maybe there are multiple reasons behind it yeah yeah okay okay now we, we're hearing now uh, this week the government's going to invest in some electric ferries which is quite exciting because uh, we're seeing some great electric ferries around the world uh, have you studied this at all uh, that's not, again, like, um, I, I'm actually doing more on like, um, micro mobility, like the e-scooters, which is mm. something in Hong Kong you don't have. We can talk about it another yeah. day. Yeah. Um, but like, I do notice electric ferries, um, are, you know, are popping up everywhere. I think transport as a whole, electrification mm. is a, you know, is a, is a trend because like, electricity is the only energy source that we could tap into renewables and mm. is, you know, good for environment or the likes, you know, there are lots of benefits about it. I don't need to explain further. Yeah. But the thing is, for, for ferries, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit slower than electric vehicles. I think it's, there are more challenges to, you know, to put uh, ba- batteries on ferries. So, but they you can find them in Copenhagen. They do have yeah. uh, electric ferries there. And I think mean, Norway, they also invested huge on that. So as in Japan, yeah. in America... In Australia, we didn't really go that, but I think we, we like, you know, we, when the technology matures, I think then you've got more choice on the vessel and also like, yeah. the, you know, the propulsion technology gets cheaper. Yeah. 
Actually, you talk about e-scooters and indeed that's another conversation, but what about the sort of multimodal links about ferries and these other forms of transport? So taking e-scooters on the ferry, taking bicycles on the ferry, and then access you know, to the ferry piers with these uh, machines. Is, is this uh, an issue in, in Brisbane? Uh, it's not an issue. Like I think people, like, like some, some of the city cat um, uh, market is catered for those who bring bikes. You can bring bicycles and e-scooters uh, on city cats. So mm. it becomes like a really good transfer option. In Hong Kong, yeah. I think you can do that too. But the thing is a lot of Hong Kong, like uh, even that, you know, because of the central reclamation, the star ferry mm. pier get link, getting further away. So, and, yeah. I, and I, I think we, we do have a promenade thing, but like, I don't think it's, you, you could a bikeway there. It's just walking along the harbor front. So why don't we put a bikeway along the ferry to make, connections yeah. but again like i don't think hong kong's bicycle policy is more like they focus on um the new towns if, if it is for transport purpose but in most ways bicycles are for recreation in hong kong but but yeah but but why don't we make bicycles as a connection for ferries like that's another mm. good um maybe a good direction for the government to think but like maybe but that's yeah. but 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 the thing is you need a good ferry service to start with first i would say is it uh, when you take your bicycle or e-scooter on the city cat? Is that uh, expensive? No, it's the same price. It's no extra charge. They don't charge your ex- additional bicycle as a passenger. So oh, yeah, I, I think nice. Hong Kong they do, do, isn't it? Oh, it's isn't huge. It? Like they do charge it's your huge. bicycle. Oh, yes. Okay, that's, it comes then, to that's, uh, that's, uh, it's twenty dollars, I think, okay. or so to, to to cross from Wan Chai to TST. Uh, you yep. pay three dollars for yourself, and then you pay seventeen dollars for the bicycle. Okay. So. That's then that's becoming yeah. disincentive to people. Then yeah, sure. Because I, I didn't sure. know Hong Kong you get charged. Because I, when I used to start very always just you know go on but by, by just carry my my human just myself. But yeah, uh, but in yeah. Hong Kong like you don't really see bicycles in Central or Simsato. I don't. There's, there's no infrastructure for that and maybe just an occasional recreational rider in the weekend maybe. But yeah. you don't see people use it as for commuting or maybe no, like, exactly. Oh, 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 yeah. Or maybe an occasional odd person who do the deliveries. Like I do amaze that people use a bicycle to deliver um, LPG gas canisters. So but yes. that's an odd thing. Like it's not common. <laughs> I mean that. I mean yeah, it's not everywhere in Hong Kong. Well, it's getting more common. But uh, people, I guess, uh, a food delivery rider in TST wouldn't be delivering to uh, to Central. I think you know they have their own patches. No, no. So yeah, that's not, no, really not really a thing but, right yeah. now. Yeah. But commuting, yeah. I know there's. I know people on uh, Muwo, for example, in Lantau who can't take their bicycles to Kowloon because they have to wait for a slow ferry uh, Muwo because that's the only ferry that will allow the bicycle on. And then they have to go to Wan Chai to get across the harbour because the central TST ferry won't take bicycles either. So, you know, it's a real mess at the moment. Yeah, so, I think yeah. if there's a guidance, from, I think for now it's the operators that who decide whether bicycles are allowed or not and the pricing like i don't think there's any guidance from the transport department at all so maybe yeah. like, like again like if there's like if, if there's no guidance or no you know um policy then then of course like then star ferry might think it's good to milk those people who carry you know carry a bicycle and they're willing to pay that then that's fine but then yeah. like then but then um there's just no overall um promotion of um cycling there's no and ferries also they miss out a certain segment of the market, maybe. So yeah, yeah. Like I would like to see there's more ferry pla- um, like a strategy, maybe because in Sydney they do they do have a water transport strategy, and I, mm. I in my paper I do recommend Hong Kong don't just place ferry as the last thing in your minds. Do you place that in like as a part of the solution rather than you know just as an afterthought. 
If you're just joining this, I'm James Ockenden, editor of Transit Jam. This is the Wham Bam Tram summer podcast, and we're talking to Dr. Abraham Long about ferries, water taxis, and urban mobility. So um, let's talk about environment. We've talked about electric ferries, but uh, did, did you come across anything about the black smoke that we get out of these ferries? Uh, not really, but I do aware that. And one thing I might want to add is in our city cat in Brisbane is running on natural gas, I believe. Let me, yeah, I believe it's something more clean. So we don't see black smoke from city cats. Yeah, so yeah. but in staff ferries or other vessels in Hong Kong, you do we do see that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I'm really not an expert of the, you know, I'm not a marine architect or something. So like, I yeah, I don't really know much know much about the black smoke really. But but yeah, so but I, but I do don't, I don't see that much of black smoke in city cabs. So I guess maybe speed of operation is a problem because like Hong Kong uh, staff ferries don't go that fast. So maybe. You know, uh, that's the reason, and they might also use older engines. I know, I do know there's a, there was a hybrid, but but you, I think you said um, the hybrid doesn't use, use use less energy. Yeah, the hybrid isn't very good in Hong Kong, as proven. Um, I mean, it, it's okay, but it still yeah. basically uses the diesel engine. So, um, is the hybrid one? Do they have less black smoke or the same? Yeah, less black smoke because they're using newer diesel engines. Okay, maybe just newer. So I guess. The issue of the Hong Kong Star Ferry is old engines is the main issue, I guess. Yeah. But the thing is, I think for now, we better just go straight to electric. I think there's not much point to still use a legacy technology and also electric's got loads of benefits. Yeah. But again, yeah. I think they need to design new vessel. That would cost a lot of money because you want to make it look like a Star Ferry vessel, then you have to custom build and so on. But don't get it wrong, like the Copenhagen Yi Ferry was custom built as well. But I think the thing is like in Denmark, I think they do have a larger, you know, marine industry compared to Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to have a very industry, but maybe now it's just maintenance. And one thing I, I think I want to add to CityCat is like there's an industry relationship because Australia is huge on making catamarans. One thing I forgot to add is like in CityCat, we introduced a, a small mini version called SpeedyCat. They, they have three versions now, f- three flavors. Normal CityCat, KittyCat is a small baby CityCat. Uh. And then we got SpeedyCat, the express service. So they do notice that too many commuters at a certain point. So they do offer point-to-point services like, like it's an improvement. But So yeah. SpeedyCat is, uh, is a smaller boat, is it? Or just a faster one. No, 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 it's Kitty Kitty Cat is a smaller yeah. boat, and then right. Speedy Cat is the express version, and then ah, like for right. for morning commuters, or yeah, and then yeah. for City Cat is a normal one that stop every stop. So yeah, so they do right. like I think that this shows you know like you can tr- ex- like it, but of course it started as a basic City Cat first, but now we expand into like three three more types. Well, it sounds great. It sounds like something we should be aiming at in Hong Kong, uh, you know, this sort of model. Um, do, how far do you think we are from that? Is there anything we could do as, as citizens or policy advisors to, to push this forward? Well, um, yeah, good question. There's no quick answer, I would say. Like, I think um, I think the governments are reactive. Like if, if people demand that, then they've got to deliver that. Just like I think it's the water taxi even though it's not in the form that many would have liked to happen, but it's still, you know, like it's, it's still like a result of um, constant lobbying or, um, or um, like um, ca- uh, campaigning. So I would say like, I think, like, I think if there is someone who have run in like an ongoing campaign and they're seeking support from a wide range of stakeholders, like say mm-hmm. the, the businesses in along the, uh, along Harbor, and also residents and so on, like, and then gear up the uh, momentum, maybe this could happen. Yeah. So, 
Problem is they filled in the harbour, so there's no businesses along the harbour. That's <laughs> yeah, I think there are plans to put in new um, development closer to um, Central Ferry Pier. Yeah. So if I am the developer there, I would like to see the ferries getting more activated. So sure. Yeah. And yet, yeah. But again, it's a long, it's a long, you know, it's a long way to go. It's not. Mm. Yeah, and also like it's against the odds as well. Like it's uphill battle. So yeah. Yeah, but I think there is po- there is potential and. I, I, and someone cited my paper. It's like Hong, uh, like um, saying like Hong Kong should make use of the ferry because of COVID. Maybe COVID could be a, a, another reason. Like, say mm. we should not have people crammed in sub, in metro. I yeah. mean, uh, underground railway. Maybe we need to keep like instead of seeing ferry as a subsidiary ancillary thing or afterthought. Why not think it supports other. Um, other systems after railway and buses like the thing is like uh, i think there's a mindset of hong kong's maybe operators like they want everyone to go on the surface so they're kind of protective about themselves mm. and in in, that, in the transport world there's a thinking calling um like uh, multimodal um, services and also mobility as a service like using t- um, um, technology to link all these together in one app mm. so maybe like um, like the thing is like what well, to make this happen you can't have a siloed mindset or like you can't just you know force people to only use your service you need to see other services connect to you to your service so i think and i, I think I, i'm not i'm not hearing much about mobility as a service mm. in hong kong i would like to see maybe and if if we have that in hong kong maybe ferry become like one part of the solution instead of you know it helps the whole system then then ferry do have a place and, and there's more justification for supporting it yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are. I mean, we're hearing about mobility as a service sort of on the on the more professional side. We don't hear about yeah. it in public much. It's not a household um, term. People, not really. You, yeah. 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 But and um, that's one of my research, um, recent research um, direction. We're looking, you know, we're looking more and more on that. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's what Uber have been talking about. They want to implement ferries into their their transit app. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even perhaps even get boats yeah. uh, themselves. But, but yeah. be mindful, the Uber model is more like the world garden um, model. They want to keep everything in their own <laughs> ecosystem. Yeah. And there are different models. Like in Europe, I think there's more public transport operator run, running a mass because they want to um, make public transport, um, like want to solve the transfer issue because mm. a lot of the times like the transfers are not done right. But with um, mobility as a service, you can even do like demand responsive public transport, just like the original proposal for the, you know, for the water taxi, yeah. making like like on-demand taxi, uh, water taxi. So just the same like on-demand public transport. So yeah, like that's, I think that's one of the original ideas of the Hong Kong one, but like that didn't really went that far so i think yeah like i would like to see um not just ferries become on demand like also you know if if like for especially for like places with low density like it's not much sense to have a timetable service then on demand do make a lot of sense do you know why that didn't pan out for the water taxi do you know do you know why it came the way it did i think it just again like there's not enough birth landing points in hong kong to make it happen and then they're really far away from where people are and again, I think there's a side, like every operator, they just want to protect their own business. So mm. they w- wouldn't want to see uh, like, uh, like a water, fa- water taxi 
thing to compete with them. That's maybe like the untold reason, but I can't speculate too much because, yeah. but I think the main reason is like, I think there's no overall planning. There's no mindset of all systems cooperating together. Governments do have a role, like we call in the mass space, we like mobility as a service mass. We do call that, like, we need a champion to champ- champion for this really, like to, mm. to settle everyone's um, you know differences to make sure everyone is in a partnership in one big tent. But we're not seeing this in Hong Kong. Mm. So there's a lesson there for us. We need to push Mars. Uh, that's one of the things. But again, like, yeah, there's lots of things. Like transport is complicated, you know. But I think if everything's coming in the system as a whole, then, you know, everyone benefits. One final thing to talk about is the peer and the peer access. Because in Hong Kong, we have a lot of peers that are just, I think you said this already, peers are just sort of placed without much thought to, to connection to the transport infrastructure. What what are the reasons for that? When the water taxi thing, like the idea came out, I do notice is, I think the idea was to um, place more berths or piers, like or landing landing and hop, uh, points along the harbor, so to activate the harbor with water taxi. The idea mm. is like if you don't have those things, then a water taxi, uh, I mean a real water taxi won't work. So I, I think one issue is I think um, the, our waterfront again is this lack of. Um, I think the planning is like keep the waterfront more like a promenade thing. Like people uh, just walk along it, enjoy the view, and that's it. But like, uh, but using the river, uh, sorry, the river Victoria Harbour as a um, transport corridor is not really in the minds of the planning and transport policy in Hong Kong. I think that's the real reason why. So, so pretty much no one is encouraged to to run up, even run a business like that. Like there's no business case to do that like like if you naturally allow making it easy for people to access the waterfront i mean to cop on a ferry like that then you can but in hong kong i i think i think they do have a lot of landing points but they're really far away from a lot of places like you can also kind of make public like make, make the buses do stuff at those points but i don't think they're happening now so that, again there's no overall policy to guide this at all so yeah Okay, Abraham, we have run out of time. So thanks so much for joining us from Brisbane. And uh, thanks for your insights into ferries. Yeah, thank you, James, for um, giving me the opportunity to, you know, talk about transport in Hong Kong. Yeah, good. Hope to uh, hope you can get back here soon as well. Yeah, I'm really hopeful, you know, like when the, in Australia, we do have a quite a stringent um, travel ban. Like, yeah, so I really hope to come back to Hong Kong and, you know, try out the new transports there. Thank you, Abraham, and thank you for listening. We're going to be back on RTHK Channel 7 AM 621 on Saturday nights from 9pm until Christmas. That's starting on the 9th of October. We'll be talking to Civic Exchange Chairman Evan Young about decarbonising Hong Kong's transport. We are not allowed to podcast those for copyright reasons. That's a quirk of Channel 7. So please head over to RTHK's website, rthk.hk, and look it up. We'll be running trailers for those shows on this podcast channel and we'll have regular shows coming back in 2022. Look forward to it. Bye-bye.